Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today we're going to be playing some of our favorite conversations from the spring of 2021. We're going to start the show by speaking with Father Mark Mary Ames about cultivating good habits in order to achieve holiness, something that we should all be looking to do. So you don't want to miss that conversation. And then we meet singer-songwriter from Brooklyn, Alverlis. In our second half hour, we wonder why we need World Youth Days with Dario Mobini of worldyouthday.com. And at the end of the program, we learn about the music collaboration Village Lights, That includes Sarah Kroger, Ricky Vasquez, and Ike Ndolo. We begin now with Habits for Holiness. I think that while most of us don't think that we are saint material, we do want to go to heaven. And guess what? That means holiness. Yet holiness is something that we all struggle with. Most of us don't even know where to begin. But holiness for everyone in everyday life is not a new thing. However, it's never a bad time to give the idea a refresh and to find tips for taking small steps that will help make us more and more holy. And I think that was the hope that Father Mark Mary Ames of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal had when he wrote, Habits for Holiness, a book that takes 800 years of Franciscan wisdom and turns them into small, tangible steps for anyone to find holiness. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Father Mark Mary Ames. Father, uh, welcome to the program. It's good to meet you. Good, Deacon. Thank you for having me. Great to meet you as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's fair to say, I think you'll agree that holiness is, is for a lot of people an abstract concept. Um, why did you want to make it practical for people. Yeah, Deacon, I think, um, you know, we, we meet people and we meet so many good people along the way. And, and there's, they've expressed this desire again and again and again. Like, I, I love Jesus and mm. I want to follow him radically and I want to give him everything. But what, but I'm like, I'm a mom, I'm a coach, yeah. I'm a teacher. And it's like, where, where do I begin? What does it yeah. look like? Because um, we, we are, are, are lay faithful. Like, um, they, they look around and maybe they don't see what it looks like mm. for their state in life. And so my hope was to, to just kind of break things down, make it very accessible and reasonable. Like here's, here's what it can look like. Here's the next best step. Yeah. And I think you've done that. And, and it's actually, I don't mean this as a bad thing. I think it's simpler than I expected it to be. And I, and I think that that's what makes it, makes it good. Can you explain a little bit? Uh, so you go through these habits. I like, I like the pun. Uh, the, um, what are some of the habits that you list in the book? Um, and maybe maybe tell us which which is the one that maybe helped you more as you were uh, growing towards holiness. Yeah, great. And, and I think maybe just to respond to the the approach method real quick, yeah. I do think as the church we have this great patrimony of 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 really exultant like mysticism, right? right? And and heroic sanctity. Yeah. And you know, it's like that's beautiful. It's inspiring. But we're not gonna we're not gonna get there if we don't figure out some sort of prayer schedule, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of yeah. what I wanted to get into again is just like the real basics, next steps. Only because um, I just don't know that there's a ton of material kind of mm -hmm. that is hitting on on that level. Mm -hmm. So and like so the foundation, so, so the basic kind of foundational things. And I love you mentioned prayer schedule. Like that's pretty basic. Yeah. You're not gonna pray if you don't set a time and a place to do it right. every day. Yeah. Right. And it's so and so like. 
you're not going to be, you know, St. Teresa of Avila if you're not praying. And, and probably <laughs> if you don't have some sort of prayer schedule, you're not yeah. going to be praying, you know. And so it's right. so just kind of going to the very, very basic step yeah. one. And so we talk about prayer. We talk yeah. about living as family, about finding a direction, value, meaning uh, mm -hmm. from the church's own liturgical seasons. Um, Christian simplicity, which is at the service of intimacy and prayer for all of us. And then, you know, some, some mission prim primarily linked in our based in our identity as sharing in priest, prophet, and king through our baptism, sharing in Jesus' own ministry as priest, prophet, and king, and how that is, again, that's for everybody. Yeah. Uh, can I, can I, can I pick up on that? Because that is one concept that I thought, okay, that's kind of abstract and I don't even know what it means, but you managed, I think, managed to kind of make it very tangible so can you maybe give an example of how that would work? Like our baptism, we're all called by our baptism to be partakers in, you know, that priestly ministry. So what does that mean to me in my day to day? Exactly, exactly. And so again, like the, the flow of the book is, is kind of rooting it in the Franciscan expression and then sharing where the laity are, are given an inv invitation to share this as well. And so mm -hmm. uh, an essential component of our Franciscan charism and call is to do penance, is to offer our lives and sacrifice okay. um, for the world, right? And and just that, but that's the response to this very basic Christian fundamental, um, which I, I pull from from uh, Pope St. John Paul II, who said at one point that uh, prayer united with sacrifice is the greatest force in human mm -hmm. history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so just an invitation to our, our, our laity, especially those, right, who have loved ones, who have spouses, who have children, who have kind of gone astray, who are mm -hmm. struggling with the faith, who are struggling with addiction, who are struggling in their marriages. It's just this reminder that prayer united with a little bit of sacrifice, um, it, it gives us access to the greatest force in human history. And maybe you can't just get in there and, and have a tough conversation and have them change their course. But what you can do is you can pray with a little, like a little, a little, some, a little offering of something up yeah. and, and give that to the Lord and trust in his power. Right. And I love that you don't, that you make it very clear that you're not talking about sacrifice, you know, start sleeping only four hours every night or, or fast bread and water. You're talking about, sac I mean, we're sacrificing things every day anyway, yeah. just being aware of what we're sacrificing yeah. and off like my grandmother and I think everybody's grandmother used to say, offer it up. <laughs> right. 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 And that, and that's really important and really wise. And I thank you for, for pointing that out is it, particularly with, with some young people and those who are really enthusiastic, they think I'm going to offer something up. And again, it's like, okay, I'm yeah, going to only sleep, sleep on the floor yeah. three or four hours <laughs> a night. Right. It's like, no, I'm talking about like for six months, can you give up chocolate chip cookies? Yeah. Or can you give up dark chocolate? Something, yeah. um, something very small. If you, if you felt called to something bigger, I would definitely like it, um, encourage you to offer to, to bounce that off of a priest, spiritual yeah. director, something like that. Yeah, you do mention that in the book. So, so I don't, I don't know if that was the best example, but I, to me, that was one that spoke, that spoke uh, louder than others in the book. So the book is full of little examples like that. Uh, obviously, tips, habits, um, and then it, can you explain a little bit of how you organize? The, is it a book that I can that I need to read in order? Can I just open a chapter and read a section? You have reflections and questions for reflection. Kind of what is your hope as to how people can use the book and why you organize it the way you organized it? Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of freedom and space for how somebody reads them. Primarily, though, my, my concern is that um, chapter one and two don't just get considered as like step one of two of equal value okay. to the rest of it. Okay. Right. Cause the, the first two are talking about prayer and, and community life or shared life. Yeah. And like, like 
prayer prayer is not just one thing that we do if prayer is like foundational and fundamental and so my encouragement is uh okay. like that that gets kind of a little extra time in our prayer in our reflection in our implementation um that we yeah like because my concern is just there's so many good people who are who are sincere and desires but we're struggling so much to pray we're struggling mm-hmm. so much to pray and if, if we're not praying we're going to be in trouble yeah that's true and that's a good point actually and i wonder if if all people get out of the book is they can figure out how they can pray better pray more often then then that that's a huge step in in holiness in getting to holiness um i was just thinking as you mentioned that 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 maybe the lot the final chapter is also one that makes sense at the end mm-hmm. would you agree i think so yeah i do think so um it's it's funny it's it's either great at the very end or it's great at the very beginning yeah, depending yeah. on like how you want to look at it but right the, the last chapter we talk about um the mechanics of conversion yeah right and it's just um I ended with that chapter and it was sort of the last, it wasn't the part of the original vision, Okay. but my, my concern and I've, I've experienced it so much in my own life is just like, I get started and I, and I make some change for a week or two weeks and then I'm back to normal. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to really offer people some strategy um, to kind of meet their, their sincerity and conversion and having long, like long-term behavioral change and following Jesus. Yeah, it's good. Um, thank you. The, 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 I, I love how you organized it. I like the questions are, are you know, it's easy to, the, the, the sections are short enough so people can read them. They can reflect on the questions so they can even take some of these ideas to prayer if you're looking for things to pray about. Um, so uh, I highly recommend people to pick up a copy of Habits for Holiness. Um, Father Mark Mary, it's been great speaking with you. It's nice meeting you. Um, Thank you for, for what you're doing and for putting out the book. And I don't know if there's any final thoughts that you want to give our, our listeners so that they encourage them to, uh, as they move towards sainthood. Yeah. Deacon Pedro, thanks for having me. It's just the encouragement that uh, it is possible following is Jesus, possible. conversion, radical holiness, even though the world's crazy, it, it is possible. It is possible. It is possible. And it's not, yeah, it, it might be difficult, but it's not complicated. Yeah, I think so. Exactly. Thank you, Father Mark, Mary, uh, again. Thank you for, for writing the book and for being with us today. Deacon Pedro, thank you. Father Mark, Mary Ames, he's the Director of Communications for the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, and he's the main host of the Ascension Presents video series, The CFRs. His book, Habits for Holiness, Small Steps for Making Big Spiritual Progress, is published by Ascension. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Alvar Lise, with the title track of her album, Arise. Come and follow me Lay down All that keeps you down All that weighs upon your soul Oh, arise from your slumber Hear his voice as he calls As he stretches out his hand
was Alverlis with Arise from her album of the same name. Alverlis is a worship leader, guitarist, singer, songwriter. She's a wife and a mother, born and raised in New York City. When Alverlis is not working at a parish or community in the Diocese of uh, Brooklyn, Queens, she can be found ministering at a retreat, a concert or event, or leading Eucharistic adoration at Catholic Underground. She is also one of the songwriters for Worship Now Publishing, and she has just released a new album that we've been listening to, Arise. And so it's with great pleasure that I welcome our release uh, to the program. Our release, uh, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So tell me, tell me about growing up. You, you, you were born in New York, or you, and you grew up in New York? I was born in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, yeah. A neighborhood called Sunset Park, everyone knows it. And, uh, but my parents are from the Dominican Republic, so they came here yeah. at a young age. They actually met here, got married. Okay, okay. So, um, and is it, is it a... a in Brooklyn, yeah. I'm, I'm presuming that, I mean, they're Dominican, so they must be Catholic. Was it a Catholic family, kind of all the culturally Catholic, large family? Do you have any brothers and sisters? I, I have one brother. Okay. Um, but uh, it's still a big family, a just extended family, like lots and lots of cousins and uncles and aunts. Um, so we were always around family, and yes, most definitely Catholic. Yes, yes, that's that's great. That, that Latin Americans are well known for loving their extended families, todos los, los primos y los tíos. Um, um, so were you uh, doing? Were you involved in music? Was there a lot of music in the house? There was a lot of music in my house. Um, mostly because my father is a guitarist and also a songwriter. Okay. Um, not necessarily Christian music, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, he wrote like boleros and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, nice. uh, merengues, si. right? Um, so I just grew up in the house. We were always listening to music. My dad was always playing guitar. He would write songs for me to sing, you know, oh, kids' nice. songs. My uncles would play instruments. Um, so it was just a very musical upbringing that sounds wonderful um so you said it was not necessarily catholic music it was secular music but but were you also doing music in church what when did that part start for you yeah so it it turns out when i i always wanted to sing sit in the front by the choir at mass okay so my parents were always like okay fine let's sit in the front the choir and i just admired church choir all the time and it wasn't until i went to my first retreat when i was around maybe 15 16 and I saw the music ministry I mean they played a little differently you know a little more lively and um, I just fell in love and I thought I want to do that and I joined the youth group and when they discovered that I sang I okay they kind of just pulled me in <laughs> did you did you ever uh, so you said you were you were a teenager you were in high school did did you ever go through a period where you, church didn't make sense or was, was were you always very comfortable in church? You didn't doubt your faith? I was pretty comfortable yeah. um, in my faith. Um, I, I really do thank God that there was just, uh, there were a lot of people who kind of molded us and, and the youth group and guided us. There was a point, I think, in my college years where I doubted some things you know, in the, in the Catholic, in our mm -hmm. faith. Um, but, you know, the Holy Spirit has a way to kind of draw you back yes. in. Yeah. Um, so people did end up coming into my life that kind of knew how to explain it and break it down. 
in a way that I would understand um, in my young adult life, specifically the, the Franciscan fires of the renewal really yes. did help my journey a lot, which is why I feel so close to them <laughs> to this day. Yes, that's wonderful that, that 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 they are so close that you have that have that community. Um, did you? When did the songwriting start for you? Were you also writing songs as a little girl? So I always wrote songs, even as a preteen, even before going to retreat. I think probably because of my dad. So yeah. I would just write about what I knew, you know, like teenage love songs or yeah. you know things like that. When I fell in love with Jesus, I couldn't write about anything else but God. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't written about anything but Jesus since. Yeah. You say, you say that your music is almost like it's pieces of your journal. So it's very personal. And there's a lot of, I guess, prayer, like your, your prayer life feeds your, your songwriting. Would you say that? Yes. hundred percent. Yes. A, a lot of the songs come from moments of, of prayer and something that I'm, writing to the Lord from my personal experience. And sometimes I hold on to those songs for a long time mm-hmm. before I decide to. Um, Arise is your second album. Would you, cause you also, I mean, you spend probably most of your time ministering either at liturgy or Catholic underground with the Franciscans friars, or, I mean, all these other things that you do retreats. Um, do you think that the, your ministry is more focused to the live ministering live worship or would you like to do more recording spending more time with the recording like what is your hope for your ministry i i'd like to say a mix of both you know there's something about being there in person and worshiping with community mm-hmm. that just is really important you know it, it really is but you know at the same time i find myself right more and more I also do want want to share that, you know, um, I do find that no matter what, my family is my first vocation, you know, so, so I don't necessarily go out so much, so often that then like my life at home is a little bit disrupted, yeah. you know, so we always, I always try to keep in mind, like, this, this comes first, my children, my husband, you know, the things that we have to do at home, but he does give me the opportunity to go out there and minister. And I appreciate it very much, but my family does come first. For sure. Yeah, that's well, that's, I think that's very wise. I mean, you're, you have clear what your, what your vocation as a, as a, as a wife first, and then as a mother, how many children do you have? I have one two-year-old, soon oh. to be three-year-old okay. and two stepsons. Yeah. So the three-year-old I'm sure is keeping you <laughs> busy 80% of the time. Very, very busy. <laughs> That's great. That's great, Averlise. Um, so I presume that you're always writing music anyway. I mean, you're, if, as long as you're journaling, there's probably music coming out. So is, it, is yes. it likely that there might be a new album in the future? Yes. Well, not album. I really feel like I'm being led into releasing more singles. Yeah. yeah so I might be releasing a single sometime another one maybe a month or two later yeah i think that's the route god has been guiding me and i'm, I'm still praying about it but it feels right yeah so it, and it, that might even be easier to do <laughs> it is easier and a lot of people that's that's what everybody is starting to do more i think the whole industry is is sort of leaning in that direction is more conducive the way people are consuming music yeah, is yeah. A, a little more uh conducive to that 
Um, well, yeah. but that's good. That means that there's more music coming and, and that we don't have Definitely. to wait until you record a whole album. We can just listen to yes. songs as exactly. they come. Alverlis, um, it's been really good meeting you. Um, I really, you. really, really yeah. like the music. Um, so thank you so much for what yeah. you're doing and for telling us a little bit about it today. Thank you so much. This is great. God bless. You can learn more about Alverlis at her website, alverlis.com. That's A-L-V-E-R-L-I-S. I'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily, alverlis.com. If you missed any part of our conversation or to listen to the rest of the program, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. Here now to take us out is Alverlis with My Desire from her album, Arise.
listening to Adelise with My Desire from her album Arise. This is a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Vicky Pedro. Check out our website at slmedia.org slash podcast. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. We have dedicated many Salt and Light Hour programs to World Youth Day, and World Youth Days have been such a huge part of my life that I just take it for granted and assume that everybody knows all about World Youth Day, but that's probably not true. I mean, you may know that World Youth Days were started by St. John Paul II so that he could gather together with young people. His first gathering was at St. Peter's Square on the eve of Palm Sunday in 1984. Fast forward 37 years and World Youth Day has become one of the largest gatherings in the world. It is the Olympics of the Catholic Church. But is it necessary for Catholics? Do you even need to know anything about World Youth Day? Dario Mobini would argue that you do, and he's going to tell us why. So joining us now from Rome, actually, is Dario Mobini of worldyouthday.com. Dario, it's so good to have you on the program, and it's so cool that you're in Rome. <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you for having me, uh, Deacon Pedro. It's awesome. I, uh, um, you know, the, the first moment I had a chance to come to Rome and, uh, you know, visit with some of my friends after being in lockdown and, you know, these uh, closures yes. and uh, the, the, these times that have been difficult, it's such a blessing to be back with friends and reconnect, you know, and reconnect. That, that's really what World Youth Day is, right? I mean, reconnecting with the yes. mystical body of Christ as we're all moving towards you know, eternity with God in heaven, right? Exactly. And I'm sure that, I mean, you're not just in Rome visiting friends. You're also doing some, <laughs> some scheming uh, for, for World Youth Day to see what's happening. Um, for worldyouthday.com, can you tell us a little bit about what, what is worldyouthday.com? Like, what is the goal of the organization? Yeah. So, our, our, you know, our goal was uh, we wanted to promote World Youth Day, not only to all the English-speaking pilgrims of the world, but it was an opportunity for continuity of content right every time there's a world youth day it seems like every website just drops off the face of the earth yeah, and then there's true. nothing left to connect to yeah. engage to promote right and so we're left with like okay i guess the next one will be in this city i guess we'll have to wait until they launch a website yeah and I but know. So, so a lot of people are left like wondering you know what what is out there so we decided to you know start googling and start to figure out what, what can we do and we re realized that worldyouthday.com was for sale so we ended up purchasing it because we found out the worldyouthday.com was being used for other purposes that were not really that good. Okay. And we didn't want people to be, you know, going on websites that, you know, you have the term World Youth Day, and then you're taken to, you know, these junk email, you know, right, web exactly, addresses. or like travel agencies or whatever. Exactly. And so we thought, you know what, let's get worldyouthday.com. So when we got worldyouthday.com, we went to the Vatican and said, you know, uh, here, we got this website. We're willing to give it to you to the church so that you guys can use it to promote world youth day. And, and uh, you know, one of my colleagues, you know, when he pre presented this to one of the nuns there at the offices at the Vatican, they, she just laughed and said, what are we going to do with it? We don't have time. Yeah. Um, you know, we just don't have the energy for it. You guys do it. You do something with it and we will be glad to look for it. And now it's the number one most searched uh, website 
when you Google well, World Youth Day, it, it is World Youth Day. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's it. If anybody searches World Youth Day, that's the first thing that comes up, which is brilliant. You mentioned that it's you and like you know some of you guys went to Rome or you bought the domain name. Like, who are the who are the people? I mean, I know you, but who else is WorldDJ.com? Is it like you and some friends? Yeah. Like, what is this? So one of my good friends, Steve Karakis, who um, you know has been the world every World Youth Day since Denver. Yeah. I mean, the guy is like you know he has the knowledge and the wisdom of what World Youth Day goes on, and he was he's the mastermind behind this whole website. He wanted to have a website where content is there, how to prepare, how to engage, how to spiritually get ready for, and then how to follow up with. Uh, all these great ideas were thrown in there. And then he, he okay. started funding the website on by himself. And then I jumped in and saw, here I am helping to yeah. get the website out to, to more people and uh, connect more people to this great resource that we've put together. And hopefully we'll continue to put together for many years to come. But, yeah. you know, it, like it's a work in progress. But the idea is to gather the world together. This is the beauty of why I'm in Rome. I, I, I look at St. Peter's Square and you, you get to see these beautiful colonnades, right, that Bernini did. And these yeah. colonnades are, are meant to look like arms mm-hmm. trying to gather the world yeah. together. Yeah. See, th- that's what this website is all about. We're right. trying to gather the world together to this, to this beautiful encounter that World Youth Day does to empower young people to be missionary disciples of the faith so that they, when they encounter Christ through the successor of Peter, they can go out and share that image of Christ, that they can be the image of Christ to all those whom they encounter and let that continue on to transform the world. Right. Now, I, it, it seems obvious that obviously the website would be for people who have a connection with, to World Youth Day or people who've been to a World Youth Day. But I think that you would agree with me that, that it's more than that, 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 that everybody in the church should, should know about World Youth Day. Why? 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 What is it about World Youth Day? Because there's something about World Youth Day that we f- sometimes forget. You know, we, we oftentimes place the young church mm-hmm. and we, we look at them as like, oh, you know, they're the future or, you know, they, 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 they can't contribute. You know, uh, you know, the sainthood, you know, the idea of sainthood is for those who have matured their faith. You know, yes, it's kind yes. of like a fine wine, right? That they, it needs a years of experience. Yes. And then we forget that the young church is the fiery passion that is actually motivating others, you know, and, and doing actions that can transform the world. Look at, look at what Pope Francis said recently at uh, World Youth Day in Panama, mm-hmm. right? You're not the future, you're the now. Yeah. Like what you are doing, what you are saying is transforming the world. You, you, what you are saying and what you're doing, people are paying attention to. And it's not that we are ignoring the young church. I, I feel like the young church is just sitting isolated, waiting for an opportunity to actively participate, to actively engage in the life and the mission of the church. We're, we're putting them aside and we're telling them that they're too young. But in reality, you know, they have something to contribute. They have stories to share. And, you know, going back to the Synod on the Youth that, that happened, uh, you know, three years ago. Yeah. Our Holy Father, Pope Francis said, you know, it's, it's, we need to sit down and listen. Yeah. How many saints have been young? Look at all the young saints. You got Carlo Acutis. Yes. You know, you, you got Blessed Pure George of Pure Passat. George, you got, yeah, I mean, t- yeah, lots. St. Therese. St. Maria Goretti. Yeah. You know, St. Philomena, right? You got St. Francisco and Jacinta. They're saints for a reason. Well, we forget even Mary was a teenager when she was yeah. you know, called um, Jesus at 33. I mean, that's still World Youth Day age, right? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> well, 
So, so would you say for someone who will never get a chance to go to a world youth day, would you say that it's still essential that there are, there is something about world youth day that, that should be essential to everybody's, you know, faith. Um, I, I, I absolutely think so. I, I think we're, we're doing a grave injustice if we're not giving an opportunity to a young person to feel connected to the universal church. Yeah. See, there, there's one thing when we're connected locally in our parishes yeah. and in our dioceses, right? It's another thing when they see the bigger yeah. picture of the faith come alive. Yeah, I like, know what that, you mean. That's yeah. World Youth Day, right? Yeah. I mean, you would agree with this. Of course. Like, the, yeah. you, you go to World Youth Day and then you get to see the beautiful church that yeah. you don't normally see in your parishes. Yeah. You don't see in your diocese. Yeah, you don't understand now church it, until you go yeah. to World Youth Day. Yeah. And then it connects. I belong to something bigger than what I see, than what I feel, right? Because the mystical body of Christ is not just what we see, right? We say it in a creed. I believe in one God, Father Almighty, right? What is seen and unseen, what is visible and invisible. Mm-hmm. And yet the visible church is not just the local church. It's also the universal church. And it's also the, the you know, the church triumphant and the church suffering, united yeah. with the church, tri- yeah, tri- yeah, you know, the yeah, militant. Yeah. And what a beautiful image you get to see that yeah, at World Day. That's a great, I, and I, I mean, I agree with you, but I never had thought about it that way that, I mean, you understand church, but it is essential to our faith to understand church. And how do we do that? Um, we have like a minute left, Dario. Yeah. 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 And when's the next world youth day? How do people prepare? <laughs> yeah. Great question. In a minute, it's kind of tough to answer that, but I, I, you know, so the next world youth day will be held in Lisbon, uh, Portugal in 2023. Now the Holy father postponed it one more year. So that hopefully our whole world can heal, right? Properly. Mm-hmm. And yes. I would say the best way to prepare is start having a conversation with your parish priest. Have a conversation with your local youth director, youth minister. And, yeah. and then make that become the starting point that leads to the diocesan director, yeah. the local bishop, right? Start having a conversation. We, we want to unite together. The Holy Father is welcoming the youth of the world. He's invited the youth of the world to gather together to encounter Christ, and not only through him as the successor of St. Peter, but also through the Blessed Sacrament, the Holy Eucharist, right? The, 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 what unites all of us together at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And yet, it is that call of Christ Jesus to come follow me, mm-hmm. that World Youth Day echoes. And I hope that everyone in Canada particularly for those who are listening in, right? That uh, you would have an opportunity to have that beautiful encounter. The church welcomes you and the church and calls you by name to come to this amazing encounter that will happen in Lisbon. And with Our Lady, we will make haste, right? Oh, I was, I, was waiting, I, I was waiting to see if you're going to make that connection. So, so I'm, to, I'm glad you did. That's the theme. So the theme of of, of World Youth Day 2023 is uh, Mary went with haste. So let us all hasten to get prepared. Uh, And thank you for that advice. Get connected with your pastor, with your youth minister, with your diocesan youth director. And that's the best way to go. Dario, we got to leave it there. I know there's so much, but this is why we do a weekly show. We will be talking about World Youth Day a lot between now and August 2023. Dario, thank you so much. Uh, Enjoy Rome. Um, don't eat too much pasta and uh, we'll, we'll connect when you get back. All right. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. God love you, buddy.
Dario Mobini is the editor-in-chief at worldyouthday.com. You can find out all about what they do and all about World Youth Days at that website, worldyouthday.com. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to it again, visit us at our website, eslamedia.org. Here now is Village Lights with their single, Unbroken Family. Praise to the Father and the Son Hail with the Spirit, they United by a common love, they are family. Oh, Savior, come and make a home with stubborn hearts of sin and stone. Made humble by your kindness shown, Lord, have mercy.
that was Village Lights with their single, Unbroken Family. Towards the end of 2019, some of us started receiving messages about a group that called themselves Village Lights. In the beginning of 2020, they had a first run of shows. These were worship evenings, and we learned that the members of this group were Sarah Kroger, Ricky Vasquez, and Ike Ndolo. Fast forward a year later, and Village Lights has done quite a few more shows, and now they've recorded some of their songs, so it's time to have them on the show. I know that you've heard of Sarah Kroger. She's been on this program many times. Ike Ndolo is also a veteran Catholic musician, singer-songwriter. Some of you may have seen him at Steubenville conferences. And Ricky Vasquez... Ricky has been leading bilingual worship for some six years now, traveling all over. So you may have come across his music as well. It is so cool to see how the three of them are working together on this collective. And so I am very happy to welcome Sarah Kroger, Ricky Vasquez, and Ike Ndolo. Welcome, you guys. Um, very Thanks happy to have us. you in the pro. Yeah, I know. Now, our, our listeners obviously are very familiar with Sarah Kroger, um, but I'm very <laughs> excited, Ricky and Ike, to have you guys um on the show and i had to you know go through this whole village lights thing just to get you guys on the show um but can you can you um explain to us what village lights is well uh about four years ago was it four years ago? three years ago three years ago. <laughs> about three years ago uh me and Sarah and Ricky did an event together, a uh, young adult worship night in uh, in Atlanta. And it was just kind of a thrown together thing. And I thought it'd be cool. And I'd known Sarah for a while and had done a, a couple things with her. Um, I had only known Ricky kind of barely. And I had we had never done anything together. We'd never sang together or anything and <laughs> um, led worship together. But we did this night and it was... Um, at least for myself, it was it was pretty brilliant. It was amazing. And I um, I think collectively we decided like, hey, we should do this more often. And them had already kind of been dreaming about doing a, a worship collective. And so um, OK, I kind of caught that that vision at that night. And um, so it was super simple. You know, we just led worship together and um, there was a ton of young adults there and um, but it was beautiful for me. I was like, moving forward, this is, I think this is yeah. all I want to do, you know? Yeah. And I want to get back to the idea of collective because I think a lot of other people are also kind of tuning into that vibe. But before, um, Ricky, why Village Lights? Who came up with that name? <laughs> um, well, the name was a little tough to come up with for us. We had long, long meetings <laughs> and tried every name in the book. But I think um, I, in particular, yeah. was really passionate about including the village aspect um just and i don't want to speak for you but um um he's from nigeria and just like hearing from his mom about right. like village life and the communal aspect of that and uh you know i'm puerto rican we have a whole different kind of village over there and yeah sarah and we all like come from so many different places and had different voices and different styles of music but when yeah. we came together it really like it wasn't about the individuals about like collectively we made each other better. And um, it was just a really beautiful yeah. thing. So we thought that, and the whole vision behind village lights is to kind of make it about community mm -hmm. and um, singing together in community 
um, going to different communities and whatever. So village, and then we tossed in the lights just to, you know, spice it up, you know, <laughs> spice it up. It could have been salt, could have been light and it got we light. Just, you got light. We had like cool lights on our first performance. And I think that's where, uh, I, I threw in the light aspect, but, uh, yeah, yeah. If you oh, see the good. village lights, you you approach the village because everyone's welcome. Yes, the name. That's man. true. Yeah, the light, the light on the on the on the hills, so everybody yeah. can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Sarah, tell me tell me a bit of this uh, this sort of uh, collaborative aspect. Like, is there something that that is different for you? And I guess all three of you can answer. But about working together with other artists and not just doing your own thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love it. Um, Ricky and I both kind, of, both kind of spoke to this. Like we each have such distinct styles and such distinct voices individually. Mm-hmm. And so for so long, I think we've been used to working by ourselves and leading worship by ourselves and doing events by ourselves. And it's just so much better to go out with more than one person. Uh, Jesus said that uh, we're yeah. supposed to be sent out two by two, you know? And so to be able to go out together and not have the pressure of a full event on your shoulders. Um, but also just like creatively to be able to get in the studio with each other and, and kind of mm-hmm. like rely on each other's strengths. And, uh, it just makes us better as individuals really. And I just love the collaborative aspect of it and the fact that it's not all on me. Um, but also that I'm able to still do my thing by myself and Ricky's still able to do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. His solo thing. And Ike is still able to do his solo thing, but we get this like side kind of project to be able to invest in and write for and, and travel with. It's pretty awesome. To be able and to it do ben- I think you, I think both benefit, like, like the group yeah. benefits from the individual work and you individually also benefit from the group work. Um, exactly. Ike, Ike, when you, when you guys kind of thought of the idea originally, you thought, Hey, we should do these worship nights more often. Did you think that we're going to compose together and actually record songs together? Was that part of the original plan? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was definitely the dream. And, and we, it took us a second, took us a while to um, write <laughs> songs. And then it took a, a whole nother second to get those songs released. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know, we had, um, you know, in that time um, in between first doing that event and then finally getting the right, um, we had a, a great advocate and a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, Matt Marr, who oh, yeah. kind of gathered us together. And we're like, hey, let's write these. Let's write. And we wrote these three songs, um, which um, was definitely always the plan. We, we wanted to we wanted to get together and write worship music that we could um, that comes out of our <clears throat> each individual experiences. And um, having someone like Matt in the room really helped mm-hmm. that writing. And so. Um, that was yeah. always the plan. And, I, and it, it, like Sarah said, it took a while <laughs> to get there. And uh, we finally did record them. And I think because of the pandemic, because we were kind of forced to slow down and mm-hmm. um, I'm working at a, at a church, which I haven't done in a, a long time and came along in a timely manner so I could feed my family. But, <laughs> yeah. um, um, but it did, it gave me some time and it, this, um, and it gave us all some time to just, okay, let's get together. We wrote these songs a year ago, maybe we should record them finally. And, um, <laughs> and it happened and it kind of all happened really fast. And then uh, our label yeah. kind of came along out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but still it's kind of funny right. that we got signed to a label in the middle of a pandemic. Um, just all very strange, but definitely <laughs> kind of outside of our, you know, yeah, we really striving for that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
so Ricky, you guys wrote these songs. I didn't know Matt helped out Matt Marr. That's great. Um, do you see that it's primarily a worship that the purpose, can I say the purpose or the mission of village lights is to lead people to worship that that's the music is worship music. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think these songs, we kind of wrote them with communities in mind and being able to like them to be prayers and them to be worship moments at different events for that we can use individually and also collectively. And I know like me and Ike both have dabbled in music outside of worship and Christian music. So um, when we mm -hmm. came together for this, it really was about like, I had led worship with both of these wonderful humans before. And we were like, so there's something really anointed about when we would pray together and lead together. And uh, we just wanted to do more of that. So, and we have been since, and it's been really beautiful. And there's a lot yeah. more songs on the way. Yeah, well, I want to, I want to, uh, that's exactly my next question. Good lead in. Um, Sarah, so what's next? Like, you got three songs. Is there an album? Is there more touring? I hope there's more touring. What's, what's, uh, what's the plan? We hope there's more touring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we'd love to get back out on the road. I know the only event that I did last year was a couple of events with, with Village Lights team, which is really fun um, and special for me. But yes, we have an album in the works right now. We're in the studio literally as we speak. Well, not right now, but this week we were just in there and um, we're recording our first full length album. And so, yeah, this was just a teaser. We only have three songs out right now, but there is a full album coming out. And when I say a full album, it's, it's a big one. It's a big one. And we're really okay, excited good. about it. Really, really thrilled with how it's turned out. So all the music's it's written already. You, yes. You, okay. Yeah. So you're just recording. Oh, good. I didn't know that. That's exciting. Um, yeah. And so those three songs, just so that our listeners know, they're yeah. hearing those songs here, maybe not the first time, but maybe let's just say for the first time on over the air radio right here on the Sultanite Hour Village Lights. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to more music. Uh, and I'm actually looking forward to having Ricky and Ike on the show on your own, because I know that you guys have been doing music for a long time and it's really good stuff and uh, it's worth featuring you guys separately. So I hope that you'll agree to come back on the, on the show. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll have Sarah on the show again. She's uh, definitely, uh, if you'll have me <laughs> busy enough. Um, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm very excited. I love these cooperative collaborations. Um, I think we need more of them. And uh and I think uh, it's never a bad time for good music to pray with and to worship with. So uh, thank you yeah. for what you guys are doing. Thanks so much. Thanks yeah. for having us. For sure. God bless. All right. Take care. Village Lights is Sarah Kroger, Ricky Vasquez, and Ike Ndolo. You can find all about them, about their upcoming album and their tour at their website, villagelightsmusic.com. If you missed any part of our conversation or to listen to the rest of the program, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. Here now is Village Lights with their single, Fire and the Fountain. Come, Holy Ghost, friend of my soul too deep come find your place of rest come holy ghost breath of the one
comfort these hearts you've made Show us the way Show us the way listening to Village Lights with their single Fire and the Fountain, and that concludes this special best of edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Remember to visit our website, slmedia.org, in order to find out everything you want to know about how to support our ministry, Salt and Light Media. We can't do what we do without your support. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Write to me to say hello. You can email me, pedro at slmedia.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Show us the way, the fire and the fountain, the whisper and the wind, the power of your presence. I remember once again, the reckless and the reverend run into the haze. The fire and the fountain is rising up, it's rising.